Alan Maldonado on the fishbowl. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, taking the time to swim in the bowl with me. No problem. Awesome. Well, I just want to say that I'm like a huge, huge fan. I first started noticing you and Friday after next. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Friday movies. I've like, you know, grew up around like Dr. Dre and, and ice cube and all that. Like you, you nailed it. I also want to have that kind of be like, I guess a segue into what was it like working on uh straight out of Compton? Um, straight out of Compton was a, um, nostalgic for me being that, I spent the first seven years, uh, eight years of my life in Compton. And like my sister actually went to school, went to high school with MC Ren. And her best friend was next door neighbors to Shook's grandmother's house. Like all of those events were, you know, actual memories of my childhood. So to be a part of that film and be a part of that, I would say like legacy was incredible being that, you know, I lived, I lived through it. That's, that's awesome. Did, Ice Cube or Dr. Dre or anybody that was from like the original band give pointers or anything throughout the shoot or did they kind of remain more behind the scenes? Well, no, they were definitely they were definitely hands on in my particular scene. It was just involving Easy E, but Dre was there. Dre, Dr. Dre was there pretty much every day. You know, just kind of giving insight. F. Gary Gray is is I would say one of the best directors that we have. Definitely uh, R.I.P. to John Singleton. I just found out he passed today. So F. Gary Gray is, you know, is an incredible director where he came in and gave a lot of insight and gave all the actors everything that they needed to perform at a high level. But uh, like I said, Cube and Dre were there every day. So they were always there to give uh, input. That's awesome. What got you interested in film? It was my senior year in high school. My senior year in high school is when things really kicked off for me as far as like the acting bug and really wanting to um, be a part of this, this phenomenon of what acting is and performing. And it just felt right to me. I was an athlete throughout high school. I played basketball and, um, and I would, you know, kind of play around with the idea of being an actor, but it wasn't until I got into my senior year in class that it really Really got the, got the bug. I uh, started writing. I started performing in, in the different plays that we had. And it just really took over at that point. That's, that's awesome. Now, I actually uh, went to school for screenwriting. I just won a festival uh, for one of my uh, TV pilots. It's a zombie comedy. And I, I made it as a quarter finalist and a finalist in a couple other competitions. But my question for you is what is like how does it differ from being on the writer's side to the actor's side and how does it like co-translate well they 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 play hand in hand i'll start on the writing side on the writing side you get an idea of where the concept came from you get to plant your roots in what you feel the emotions are you get to set the tone or build the skeleton for the actor to build upon i always suggest to actors there's one thing to you can't over respect the writer and i'm coming from a writer i'm I'm a writer as well you can't over you can't over respect the writer and not allow who you are and your talent and what your gifts will allow to be the role a lot of times i often 
find myself even speaking to writers about it by allowing their actors to build on their script rather than try to restrain them. I always love to use the example of like Jim Carrey. You can give Jim Carrey a script and he can say it word for word, but you're not getting Jim Carrey. You're not getting the best of Jim Carrey. You're not getting who you hired. You have to allow Jim Carrey to take what you take what you give him and make it make take it to another level. That's why you hired these. That's why these phenomenal actors are great because you allow them to be great. So being on that being on the writing side as a as an actor, I'm able to dissect the script in detail because I, I have a position of knowing I would try my best to see where the writer is coming from to see if this is just an area or if this is specific detail that I need to focus on as I, you know, portray whatever role that whatever the role needs as far as what the dialogue or where the description, there's so many things that's underneath the words that if you're a writer and you're an actor, you're able to see things a little more clear. It's kind of, it's kind of like a player coach. If you're in sport, if you're in sports, you get to be on both sides of the, of the game. Fantastic. That, that, that's a, a great analysis right there. Thank you. Writing for survivors remorse. Did you put any of your, I guess, own experiences into that or because because like when I when I write, I take like inspirations from stuff that goes on around me right. and like in, right. in my daily life. And I, I was wondering when writing for that show, did you take inspirations from things that happen like in you know events over the course of your life or daily life or was that more? Well, yeah. Um Whenever you're in a writer's room, you're in you're in there. With, it, could, it could be from three to twelve people in there, and you get your best stuff from real events. You know, the writer's room is sacred just because when you're in there, you you it's a safe space, so to speak, uh, where you get to share and sometimes overshare about your personal experience to find a common through line or a common story that you can uh, apply to said TV show our series. So a lot of what we write is from a real place, especially on that particular show, not just minds, but other people in the room. So it was a collective effort of everybody kind of injecting their own personal experiences. And then we were able to shift through them all or sift through them all and find out which ones work for, for the show. Awesome. I have to say that I really like that show a lot. Thank you. I watched it from um, episode one and uh, I'm, I'm definitely a, a big fan. Um, Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. To talk about some of your other uh, TV work, let's talk about Blackish. Yeah. Your, your character, Curtis, is fantastic. I, I was wondering, what, what is some of the dynamics that goes into with shooting with such a cast like Anthony Anderson and everyone else that's involved? It's a phenomenal cast. It's, that particular show, I feel like we're ushering in the talent that will be seen for the next several generations. You got some incredible, all of the kids on there are phenomenal. Anthony Anderson is spectacular. Tracy Ellis Ross, Dion, Jeff. I mean, everybody down is a great actor in their own right. And it's just effortless. It's effortless. When you get on there, it's really, it's not work. It's just everybody gets to play. 
and you know share their their talents together uh it's one funny funny day as when the cameras aren't rolling we're cracking jokes we're you know throwing ideas and it doesn't even have to be in regards to the show but just in life <laughs> you know it's one big family and uh i'm so honored and, and privileged to be a part of it that's awesome do you have any favorite experiences so far working on the show or um any any yeah. like funny uh stories one of the funniest experiences for me is oftentimes you forget just because how humble and, and gracious she is that you know tracy ellis ross is the daughter of diana ross and i just remember us you know sitting around talking and we we fell upon something in, in regards to christmas and I'm over there telling her, you know, telling telling my story, telling my Charlie Brown ass Christmas. <laughs> and it was a bit sad. And, you know, just like, oh, we just got this. And it was real. It was real minor. It was real minor. And just everybody's kind of sharing their stories. And then she begins to share her story where it's like, yeah, Michael Jackson sang and different things. And it's not her bragging. This is just literally <laughs> her. This is her life. Like this was her life. And it just was fascinating that you forget that sometimes that her childhood was involved so many great and talented individuals that were family to her. That wasn't like these weren't big events. This was just day to day. So that was funny to me. That's awesome. And, and it, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really big on music. I, I actually interview musicians as well. And like my show focuses a lot on film entertainment music and okay i i think um you know music and film really goes hand in hand i i love hearing stories about like exactly like that like like it's, it's almost like a little just like surreal to like to like hear those stories and have them be just like an, an everyday thing in in certain right. people's lives. I just think that's really really cool and and interesting to find out. And I, I like to have my listeners and uh, viewers to hear that as well. I think they they find that type of stuff very very interesting. Any funny stories about Anthony Anderson? Oh man, Anthony's just hilarious all the time, man. We just you know our blooper reels are legendary as. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, you know, we constantly fuck up, um, <laughs> but in in a way that is not not in a bad way. It's just us having fun and just us enjoying what we do, you know. Because as an actor, you can't stress over being perfect. You just can be in the moment, and sometimes, you know, our brains go out. <laughs> you know, we go blank right. and forget a line, or we'll stumble on a line, or it's just certain words that are just difficult. At sometimes, like those are some of the funnest moments where all of us share in those mistakes where we'll flub a line or we'll say it backwards or we'll say it. And that's just the perfect chaos that goes into filming anything, whether it's television or film. And you, you enjoy and you embrace those moments and you kind of, that's when the bond of the real, that's when you really bond as a group is when you, you know, when you guys kind of mess up together and, and, and fix it and put it back together. Awesome. Now let's transition to the last OG. There are some pretty heavy hitters on, on that, on that show. I, I mean, I, I personally, I think uh, Tracy Morgan is one of the funniest comedians out there right now. Tiff, Tiffany uh, Hadish is, is also fantastic. I think she's just only going up. 
And um, Cedric the Entertainer uh, was yeah. always one of my favorite comedians among like the original kings of comedy. What is it like working with all those, I guess, dynamics again, but on, on a different program? It feels like playing on the Golden State Warriors where you just got superior athletes where everywhere you look. Um, and it just makes the game easier. It makes everything on set easier when it comes to finding the funny in a scene. We we all have our natural abilities to just find the funny, even even in dramatic moments, or just find the subtle subtle things to to elevate the script. As as I mentioned earlier, it just everybody elevates each other. You know, steel sharpens steel. It's a, again, it's just an actor's or comedian's playground when you, you look at every corner and there's no weak links. Awesome. Now, I, I'm going to ask the same question because Tracy Morgan has to be just there. There has to be some funny stories about him from, from. Seth. Yeah, man, it's, 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 man, it's too, it's, it's so many, it's so many funny stories. And I think that's what everyone. Well, you know, I think everybody has their own funny story with Tracy. I'd rather share some special moments that I had with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during the first season, I, I saw three people cry in meeting Tracy. Um, we shoot the show in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is his hometown. Is his hometown. During our first season, that was his first. This was his first big project from, you know, the near fatal accident. And just to see the impact of the Brooklyn natives and how happy they were to see him back working, doing what he does, making people laugh with the with the gift, the gifts that God gave him. And just to see how the city embraced and, you know, was relieved of their champion to still be alive and to be able to continue to do what he was doing. Like I saw it three times where people just were emotional and, and in celebration that he was continuing his journey as a comedian and continuing his life. Those moments were more impactful than anything, just because it shows the effect that we have as entertainers and the responsibility also of being able to do what we do and being able to, you know, give people hope and give people a ray of light during their darkest times with comedy, it's very it's very powerful and it's a very powerful tool that we have that should be respected and honored and uh, and to always remember and that's what Tracy always continuously tells me we are of service to all of our fans uh, we are of service it is our job to do what we do and, and and make people laugh and and put a smile on people's face that's our job you know and it should be respected that really shows like his character and I'm really happy to to for you to have shared that on my show. No problem. Because I I really do think that you know the fans are extremely important especially because you know the the fans are the ones who watch the stuff they're the ones who you know go to conventions and pay outrageous amounts of money to you know yeah. like like meet people and I mean, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, like I, I go to all the conventions in Pittsburgh. I cover a couple of them and I, you know, I, I'm just so dedicated to following the people that, you know, are important to me through right. their work. But I, I also want to talk about a little bit more of your film work. 
Let's talk about The Equalizer. What was it like working on that film and uh, your experiences? Oh, man, it was incredible. You're working with, you know, Denzel Washington, arguably one of the greatest actors that ever lived. To be able to share the, the screen and watch his process and just watch him work in person was a dream come true on so many levels as there's so many actors that, you know, to this day haven't had that opportunity to work with Denzel. And for me to have had that honor is is life-changing. Um, I learned a lot just from, you know, different conversations and just watching him as far as how to carry yourself, how to maintain your stamina throughout uh, a long shooting schedule. Like, there's so many things that, you know, in watching him, if you if you don't learn something, that's just because you're blind and you just refuse to. Because he's he's he educates with everything that he does. That's that's awesome. One one of my uh, close friends was a, a stand-in um, on Fences, and uh, mm-hmm. that was shot here in Pittsburgh. And he you, you've only just confirmed like like everything that my, my friend kind of said about his experience working you know, with Denzel, you know, in that brief shoot that Denzel is, is one of my all time, all time favorite actors. And, yeah. you know, you just don't hear anything bad about him. I think that really shows a lot. And he's just such a talented actor and to, to work with him is something definitely very amazing. And I, I really hope you get to do it again. Yeah. 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 That's the goal. awesome awesome let's talk about get it done records can you explain more about uh what you do with that and everything sure sure get it done records is a a, is a music um production company that i have we um focus on tv and film placements all over the world we have countless placement on pretty much every network on cable or basic cable from shows from Ray Donovan, House of Lies to various shows on NBA TV, Fox, America's Top Model, New Zealand, The Voice, Australia, films in Sweden, Korea, Japan, all of these. Uh, worldwide, we have music, you know, circulating from, uh, I believe, over 55 shows at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. Now, who are some of your favorite musicians? Ooh, Sam Cooke, Prince, Michael, Jackson, of course. And then you go into hip-hop, you got Tupac, you got Biggie. Jadakiss is one of my one of my favorites. 50 Cent is one of my favorites as well. J. Cole with some of the new guys, Kendrick. Uh, yeah, like R&B, you got everybody from Drew Hill to Usher. To, I'm, I'm, I love, I love a, a variety of different music. It all depends on my mood. Awesome. I'm kind of the same. I'm like all over the place. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, I got tickets to see DMX a couple weeks. Oh, and, nice, nice. And, yeah, uh, a friend of mine went to this show in San Diego, man. He had a blast. Awesome, awesome. And ironically, like the night after um, is, is Tom Morello. Oh, nice. You know, so I'm, I'm really psyched for that because I've, ne- I've never seen either of them before. And from what I hear, they're supposed to be like, you know, legendary concerts. Oh, that's great. So that's I'm, great. I'm re- really, really excited. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about your upcoming film, Power. You have Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, 
among many others. Can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect from the film? I'm under an NDA, so I can't really speak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I got you. laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I wish I could, but I just know that it's going to be an action-packed film. I can't wait for people to see it. It's going to be, it's, it's dope. It's dope. If that's, if that's a bit the best way I can describe it <laughs> without, without violating my NWNDA. Right, right. <laughs> and I, it's a dope movie. It's dope. I'm excited. I can't wait for it to release on Netflix. I, I, I love both those guys. I've been following Joseph Gordon Levitt since Angels in the Outfield, Jamie Foxx since In Living Color. You of know. course. Of course, of course. He's really, really good. You know, oh, he's incredible. Like, he's incredible. I, he's a phenomenal talent. Can, can you, without talking about the film, can you talk about any experiences working with either of those guys? I mainly worked with Joseph, so I can't really okay. share anything about Jamie, but Joseph is just an incredible human being. Just an incredible human being, just a very humble, giving individual who just... Um, just nice, man. This is just a nice, <laughs> this is a nice guy, man. Focused, knows his job, knows what he's doing whenever on set. Like, it's just a, just a really, 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 really good guy. Awesome. That he, he seems like it. You know, there's, there's some people in Hollywood that just like, you, it just seems like you, you want to hang out with them. <laughs> you know, like, like you want to, you yeah. want to get to know yeah, he's, them. He's definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Awesome. My last question, well, last two questions are, what are some of your favorite films? And do you have any other stuff going on that you uh, need to promote? Right. Okay. Well, my my favorite film of all time is Bad Boys. All right. I love Bad Boys. I, I believe it's the perfect action comedy. And their chemistry together is just bar none. It's, it's, I'm excited to see. Um, what they do in uh, Bad Boys for Life. Right. Um, just just to see those two back together. Martin is my favorite comedian of all time, so I'm a little biased on that one. But uh, Troy is another one. Love Troy. Just the message of the movie. Uh, the, the story of Achilles is always fascinating to me. Gladiator is another one. That's a good uh, one. That I, I love. American Gangster is another one. Um in, in, aside from the bad boys, I, I really like these epic biopics. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Any other things going on that you uh, need to promote? Yes, yes. Um, I, I have a, um, a another series coming out called Sneakerheads with Complex, starring myself um, and a, a King Batch. We have a, a bunch of cameos from various athletes, musicians. It's, it's going to be a really scripted series, a scripted show about the sneakerhead culture that is going to be hilarious. I have uh, currently the last OG season two is, is airing now, Tuesdays at 10.30 p.m. So everybody be sure to check that out. Also, I would love, urge everybody to download my app. I have an app called Everybody Digital. It's a short film streaming app. We've been quickly dubbed as the short film version of Netflix. I'm very proud of that. Um, we have hundreds of short films in our catalog, as well as originals, short films. Um, we have several on there now. One starring Dion Cole from Blackish called uh, Why Comedians Laugh. Another one by Miles Brown. From Basically, I had everybody from Blackish to do a short. <laughs> um, 
So Miles has one on Miles Brown has one called The Narcoleptic. We have comedy stand up series called uh, Ten Minutes Straight. We have a, a variety of um, short film, short form content on the app that was suitable for every, you know, whatever time period you have available uh, as our categories are broke down in like one minute, five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute categories. So you can find something uh, for whatever time you have and whatever you're doing. So uh, it's free. It's free to download. So please check it out. And for all the short filmmakers, if you want to be a part of the app, all you have to do is go to everybodydigital.com as um, we're focused on helping our filmmakers get to the next level. Our goal this year is to help and produce short films that will transition into TV shows and feature films. So that that's our main goal. And that's what we want to do and be able to help our filmmakers. Fantastic. Well, Alan, Thank you so much for coming on the show and no problem. Thank you, brother. swimming in the bowl with me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, would, I appreciate it. I would love to have you on the show anytime. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much.